1: This week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. Our third episode of Summer Series. Claudia Carvin, Tracy Spicer and of course Carissa Wolford joins us on the show. The Thinker Girls. Hello. Hola. Hello. Hi. The Thinker Girls. Thanks for joining our show.
2: Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello.
0: <laughs> oh, hi, girls.
1: <laughs> the Thinker Girls. All the thoughts you're thinking, but not saying. Hey, it's Thinker Girl, the podcast, a special summer series, summer sessions uh, with Stacey June, one half of the Thinker Girls, uh, where we are going back through 2016, having a bit of a, a bit of a, a listen and wanting to really celebrate our favourite gems. Um, and so I've come up with. A few of my favourite episodes from this year that I wanted to replay back to you. Welcome if you're listening to this for the first time. It's probably a really good introduction to the kinds of things we do and definitely a cocktail of our amazing guest uh, guest list that we have on this show um, because you'll get a whole heap of different voices. But it is something, it's been a labour of love for Christy and I for over three years now. It did create our radio show and has really spiralled us into the brand and the partnership that we are. So we're, we're so proud of this show and, and so proud to be able to bring you some of my favorite moments of this year. If you do want to listen to some of the episodes you hear today or any others in full, you can head to thethinkergirls.com.au and hit the listen tab. There's a playlist there for Thinker Girl, the podcast and also Everyday podcast, which is um, our radio show podcast and you can download those over summer. Hopefully you're sitting back getting some sun. I don't really think you should bake all day. PS uh, I don't, I'm not joking. Um, Um, So make sure you get some sun. If you are baking all day, you're under an umbrella or one of those weirdo tents. Um, But honestly, enjoy. Uh, It is really nice to be in the ear holes, even though we'll be traveling. I'm off to New York. Um, This will be the third Summer Series podcast. I'll be in India probably by the time this hits. Um, and drop so I am just so so excited to go but more excited even still to come back and tell you all about it because I know that I'm going to be learning so much and experiencing so much and um and you guys know especially those of you that have been around for a long time that we take you the whole way uh and I'll be missing young mate that's for sure um but let's get cracked in Uh, let's crack into uh some of the favorite episodes so I want to kick off uh, this week's episode with Claudia Carvin. Um, she, uh, This is for a career highlight for me, um, absolutely hands down, and I think it makes it all the bit sweeter w- was that we didn't have the backing of um, our radio show or a TV network to get her on the show. It was on our humble little podcast that she agreed to come on, and we had a chat with her for 30 minutes, and it was just so divine. I, I really do look at this as such a big achievement for me personally. So it was absolutely imperative that this was the first gem that we did to kick off this summer sessions, uh, episode three. Um, she spoke about how she had to learn to speak up for herself a little bit. And you it, you find it, I found it so interesting considering somebody of her caliber in her in her career, but also in her life and the success she's had and how open and honest she is with things. You know, it's just so humbling to see that she's still learning and still trying to stretch herself. And, and I think that the lesson that I got from her was that so many of us are fall short of this, of being able to speak up for what we want. And I it just hit a, hit a bit of a call with me, not to mention it was just such a thrill to be able to have a chat with her. So here it is. Well, let's open up the vulnerability chat then, because I, I watched this... Um, I will put the video up um, on our Facebook page. Brene Brown is her name, and she's a researcher. Which I think sometimes I respond to all of the as what other people says, what my dad would say, the hocus pocus stuff, mm. like what is basically feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> to I like her approach because she it's like kinesiology a little bit, yeah, where that. you've got that analytical approach and that uh, some semi science element with not mm-hmm. you know with spirituality or with emotion or those kinds of important things. And she explains everything. Mm. So you, they, I like that she explains it, that you can't argue because she's done the fucking research, mm. you know. So she kind of comes out, I would, expl- I would believe her without the research, but there is this other added element. And she spoke um, in this particular video about the fact that the word courage really does mean vulnerability. And mm. whilst it might not be in the dictionary, all the research that she has done – from what she understands people to expect and um and adhere to and and live and and be courageous is by being vulnerable. Yeah, wow. And it just made me so goosebumpy and just kind of a nice moment but also one where I think so many people are misreading what that word is and misreading what it means to be courageous mm-hmm. and hiding behind themselves because mm-hmm. of it you mm-hmm. know
3: yeah it's like being guarded where the vulnerability is always having something at stake mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, something that's at, at emotional stake and it's interesting with performance too there's a there is there's actors that just can't be vulnerable it's a it's a difficult place to perform from too, to perform vulnerability and it's um and it's an asset as an actor but it's not it's a place that some people just can't go to.
1: And how mm. do they and do you in your opinion, would you think that they still can do just as good of a job or do you think that you really do need that to be the best?
3: Um, I mean, oh yeah. Look, there's, there's lots of different archetypes that you have to perform. So you know, yeah, you, you can you can get away with it. But I think that there's a layer of depth and insight that you that you can miss out on if you can't lay yourself bare and be completely o- open and let an audience in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's it's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I I really value it as an audience member. I, I love watching someone be vulnerable and being raw. And it's a big part of our show. Yeah, because you it, know, it opens, what we
1: try and do as much as we can. Well it opens up the doors to
2: yourself. Like and actually opening people in to to judge. That's right.
1: Really. Yeah. Unfiltered. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's really right. yeah. And I think the but I think I think separating the two words um is also what everybody has done. But bringing those two together is actually, it changes it up a bit for me. Mm. I mean, vulnerability is something that I, yeah, everybody struggles with it. It's not an easy thing to do. And again, in different parts of life, like I'm sure with work and the show, and you kind of have this, I guess, controlled vulnerability, I suppose, because you're telling a story and you're speaking about what you want. Yeah. Yeah. But you're choosing to, I mean, I felt vulnerable last night when I was talking about my mom. I I definitely, that was full on. Um, and I'd, we just did this break on air last night about how I don't speak to my mum a lot and a lot of people called and it was just really quite, it was just one of those buttons for me. Mm. Um, but it was good. It felt mm. good in a mm. way. Like, you know, you're kind of really flexing that muscle because you get so used to, we've kind of become such oversharers or I don't say overshare, but people would describe us mm. as oversharers. Um, and so <laughs> those, <laughs> those, um, those, those, I guess those elements, that that muscle, it's nice to flex it because, you know, you get so used to sharing about your sex life and people think it's a big deal, but we don't. Mm. Um, but then in yeah. other parts of your life, I suppose um, vulnerability teamed with courage is almost that there's this power. It puts power behind the mm. word as opposed to it being this yeah. weakness and this um, emotional person or this... Um, yeah, vulnerabilities. Dependent or- yeah, yeah, dependent, yeah. But yeah. It's,
3: it's like leaping off into the unknown without a safety net. That's... That's what vulnerability is, and that takes courage, doesn't it? Well,
1: that's right, and that's exactly where we should be pairing it. But for some reason, we still don't. Well, in my
2: in my mind, and it makes so much sense when you explain it in Mm. that way. But I was, it does feel like it's a no brainer, but
1: it's not the way we think. Yeah, well,
2: certainly not the way I was brought up to think either. Like for uh, for me as a kid growing up, it was almost the opposite. Mm. Like to show that to show that you were upset or that you were. Feeling or that you were scared or worried was even, almost the opposite of well, being courageous. Even saying I
1: need a lift. Yeah. That's why that I felt that was because that <laughs> people's vulnerabilities are different. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like being able to say what you want, these are all tying in very lovely, yeah, aren't, <laughs> aren't they? they? Um, but being able to say what you want could be your very big well, vulnerability. Yeah, that is, it is you know? huge. Yeah. 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 yeah,
3: yeah, nice segue. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nice up. <laughs> oh, this is just well, working out place. a treat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think it it is a funny one. And then when you look at courage on the flip side and the way that we say off, as if anyone would ever say the words, Stacey is very courageous or she's got a lot of courage, which I think by meaning and when we explain it like this, I do. Like vulnerability is something (laughs) I've done. I've Mm -hmm. risked a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I jump in. I'm Mm -hmm. in the main arena. Mm -hmm. That's how I live my life. But no one I don't think would have ever used that word to describe me. And so when she said it, I was like, Oh, that's me.
2: Yeah, that's the best. I've got,
1: Aww. I've got courage like the lion, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and it, fe- and it's just a real nice thing. And I, I think those two really need to be married together a lot more. And she was saying that the root of the word courage, like the actual Latin word originally before, you know, we kind of did all different forms of it, was the heart, for heart, to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Wow. Doesn't mean that anymore. That was what courage used to mean. And that actually mm. sounds like vulnerability. <laughs> so yes, somewhere yes. it's changed. But what? What it got perverted. Yeah. It's been raped. Well, what and did it muscle. What <laughs> did it kind of
2: become though? Like the word courage. Well, I'm going to
1: look it up in, now like, cause quickly. Because in
2: modern day,
1: like 2016 it or says, whatever. Oh, here we go. See, this is it. It says the ability to do something that frightens one, bravery, yeah. strength oh. in the face of pain or grief. So you've kind of got to be battling yeah. to be considered, I guess, courageous or even in battle, I mm. suppose which well, is it, it's, it's I don't that. think – I think, yeah, as a loose term you could see vulnerability, but there's something not connecting well, with those two of, It's that thinking of having the guard up because mm. when you
2: just said in battle then, having the guard up, being the stronger one, you know, being the one that's got the louder voice or mm. – uh, to me that stereotypical – oh, he's a courageous person. I think of like I don't know, like a big like freaking footy player or something. The or way that a that's that to survive. yeah, that or term's like bandied that. Yeah. around a lot in in those kind of instances, but not, but not in yeah, like a a meek or mild instance where somebody's showing their feelings for the first time in twenty years.
1: Oh, don't you just love it when you have yeah. those Oprah harm? Like I was watching, I'm like. <laughs> Yes. This makes so much sense. I have to read like it was an hour 30 that video ps couldn't watch it all. How much of it did you watch? 40 minutes.
2: Yeah, that's still a fair <laughs>
1: crack. Yeah, I laid in bed and I skipped yoga. I kept watching it. Did you? Yep. Didn't have enough time, you know. Just made a decision.
4: Yeah. Didn't do
1: my head in about it, you know? <laughs> didn't berate myself and that's courage yeah oh thank you (laughs) Uh, let's not throw it around mate let's not throw it around willy-nilly jesus already ruining it um but it is an interesting one i don't know i as i said i'll put the video up and i'll share it and i think we should all have a look at the vulnerability one but i suppose at least first 40
3: minutes of it more. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll put it i'll i'll do the segue this is what i've looked up to if anything after this isn't what i was talking about please ignore just disregard yeah, yeah yeah i do not uh, condone the rest <laughs> Um, but it's it's an interesting one because I think as well it's important to also figure out what your vulnerability is and, and, and get that at the root. Because I know, think it isn't a blanket for everyone. Do you
2: know what yours are, Claudia?
1: My vulnerabilities. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're
1: making me feel vulnerable. This is getting deep. It's four
2: o'clock. <laughs> being, <laughs> being asked about your vulnerabilities yeah. is your vulnerability. <laughs> i <I've>, I'm sensing.
1: <laughs> it's such a full
2: on I'm, thing I'm, to answer. I'm a bit
3: I'm a bit like you guys. I'm a bit of an oversharer, so I can be quite comfortable mm. in most environments. So, yeah, I guess when I'm out of my comfort zone, it really does take me by surprise. And um, and I can't think of any, except I guess what I raised earlier today, as you said, it's um, asking for what you want. I mm. do find that really hard to mm-hmm. kind of gird my loins and, and spell that out. Um, one probably because I'm such a romantic that I just think I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. have to mm. say it. Mm. And and two is because you don't want to offend people, or you don't want to sound selfish or greedy or up yourself. Or mm. uh, I think those sorts of things. You know, it's just avoiding. Judging yourself, I think, is probably
1: the the bottom line. The the up yourself is such an Australian thing. Oh, as a, if anyone so else in the
2: world is worried about being up themselves. <laughs> well, no, well, nobody is. Nobody's even noticing that you're being up yourself. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. just in your own mind. Oh, we never explained Claudia that duck, P. S. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, you're yes. probably what wondering what the brain? fuck that is. What is that? That's a Philip. Well, He's the alarm. Get us moving along. He's the alarm that reigns us in for the next topic.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm, su- right,
2: right. Oh, I'm surprised you never s- you didn't say anything last time you sounded. <laughs> yeah, you just went I, with I just, it. I
3: thought oh, no, I will ignore that someone's phone ringing and they're just ignoring no, it. No, so I thought I'll you were
1: activating the improv. <laughs> <laughs> The Thinker Girls on Insta
2: for all the thoughts you're thinking but not saying, just with a Valencia filter.
1: Wait a second, I really like X Pro 2 lately. I am all about Gingham now, big Gingham fan myself. Gingham. The Thinker Girls on Instagram. Oh, she's such a gem, I wish we could just sit with her all day. We've got to try and get her on the show again to some capacity. Um, Another big player that we uh, were joined by, on the show was Tracy Spicer. Now I have spoken on this podcast and another podcast that I used to do called the one-on-one series that I spoke to Tracy about and she gave me a piece of advice that has stayed with me throughout the career and the build of the Thinker Girl brand which was if you do want to pass on because I was kind of struggling to think of how we can get the feminist message out there without it being so scary for a lot of Gen Y girls there was this hesitation to call themselves a feminist and in some ways i think there still is and tracy said you've just got to make it fun and light like all serious things make it fun and light and and that's exactly what we've gone and done without kind of plugging everything in your face and smashing it in your face every day our underlying message for everything we do is to make women feel better and stronger in themselves and be able to really be aware that they have a voice uh, just as we've established and kind of created in ourselves so tracy is an absolute favorite of mine. um, and I really do look up to her and she speaks on this episode about ironic sexism and how sexism can really be underlying sometimes you you know when when you are being manipulated or abused or in you know even kind of played a little bit often you walk away thinking was that me was that really me and that's exactly when it is actual actual manipulation and and I think sometimes we're we're still questioning ourselves as women as opposed to calling it out for what it is and she explains that a little bit further.
4: In the last 10 years there's been this move towards especially amongst young folk um showing women in bikinis and objectifying them and saying aren't they amazing looking and judging them on their looks, not on their intellect Mm. but guys saying oh but I'm doing it in an ironic way and there's a whole bunch of magazines that are out at the moment. There's this surf magazine called Stab Mm. which is full of male surfers surfing and female surfers with their kit off and it's kind of like they're athletes too you know. Why have you got a lingerie shoot with the female athlete and a normal surfing shoot with the guy? It's
1: kind of like netball skirts. I feel yeah, like that's guys can walk around and train in like long tracksuit pants and girls always need to be. I know they wear footy shorts but there's options I think whereas girls are actually still have to wear skirts that go up and show yeah. their knickers and stuff. I, I'm really, i really, we're supposed to do it on the show actually. I've got it down to write it, like to talk about it because I don't understand why it's still compulsory. Exactly
4: and it's like that everyday sexism thing because we see it around us. It, it doesn't sink in that hang on, mm. that's a bit weird and not right. That's mm. still judging women for the way they look. So I wrote this pretty full piece for Fairfax about it about this hipster sexist magazine and then it occurred to me oh my god where I saw that was my local coffee shop and I bagged <laughs> that out so badly going how could they display this piece oh of Lord. trash and I went in there today for a coffee and I thought oh my god maybe someone spat in it. <laughs> you Hang know. on did you did anything taste different? In um, the, the salad tasted a little bit different, so I'm a bit worried about well, that. Well, I didn't
1: believe that that actually ever <laughs> happened, but it was this very week that Christy said that it does well, I step used to, right up. I used to work in a chicken <laughs> shop.
2: For about since from the time I'd lied about my age because I was so desperate to work, so from the time I was fourteen to about nineteen, I was working in a charcoal chicken shop. And when people that came in that I didn't like very much, I would cough on their chicken. Are you (laughs) serious? It happens. And sometimes I would drop their chicken schnitties on the floor on purpose. Oh my god! But the thing is, I would often do that before the the schnitter was cooked. So I I feel like going into the (laughs) hundred degree oil and eliminated any. Any kind of germs, but it did make me feel really good about it. But I've heard some horrible stories. Wasn't there one oh, not that I, long ago that Hungry Jack's guy like actually jizzed in a
1: burger? Wow. I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah. There was special sauce. I, lo- in I there. walk around in the world thinking it's a really pretty place. That's the problem with me. Uh, and then I meet Young Mate, and she's just dropping people shit on the ground, <laughs> stamping on it, going, "As long as we chuck it in the deep fry, I'll be fine." I'm like,
4: oh! <laughs> "It happens." <laughs> I've got a friend who's a chef at a very fancy restaurant, and he admitted when he had a few drinks one night that once he someone sent back a steak and said, "I'm sorry, that's not medium rare. Can you cook it again?" and he stomped on it with the heel of his shoe in a fancy restaurant kitchen, and then cooked it and sent it back.
1: Oh, there we have it. That's because it does happen. It
2: doesn't matter how you know when you're so apologetic as you say when you send things back, but I don't know whether sometimes that gets relayed. I would never
1: send like to a waiter Send things back not because I feel like I can't be comfortable talking about it but I also I don't know the experience is different from there
4: on in isn't it Yeah that's right like and you feel experience. so guilty about sending something back yeah. for the rest of the meal that it ruins the whole night I just
1: try and pick the battles like am I so you with six people you're going to be that person for the next half an hour it's going to dampen mm. the mood it, it, like, for me, it's like, all right, the wine's fine, the conversation's fine, you just going to have to suck it up. Yeah, I think that's the case. But I want to know more about the article. So in terms of when, I mean, the when you said it was not, you didn't say aggressive, did you? You said it was pretty full on. What, what were the words you used to describe it? Oh,
4: look, I just, <laughs> it was pretty fierce at having a go at, the young people in the cafe who are really empowered young women who run this cafe, but they still agree to show these these kind right. of sexist oh. images okay. Okay. Now of, up, of yeah, other women right. in the magazine. Right. And I, felt, I still feel terrible bagging them out because I think, you know... It's, you know, it's a fourth wave of feminism. It's a different kind of feminism mm-hmm. to what I grew up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's okay for women to be, you know, to dress up and to appreciate the way they look and have some self-esteem surrounding that. But when you're objectifying women, when you're setting them up there in a set of lingerie and just saying this is what we're only valuing them them yeah. for, then I think that's what's lost in the conversation and what's not understood with a lot of particularly young women who think, oh, it's just being ironic. I feel very empowered. It's just ironic that I'm standing here in my lingerie.
2: So it doesn't matter what you feel. it's the fact that it's still happening.
4: You know what I mean? Like somebody
2: could do a a lingerie shoot and feel as though they are empowered, they weren't forced to do it, they're not being objectified because it's a beautiful show of their body and they're happy to. It's the fact that it's
4: still happening that's the problem. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It's the societal construct surrounding the image. So it's great for you know a young woman to feel beautiful and to put herself out there. You're like, I'm really happy for women to wear next to nothing. Their bodies are fantastic. But it's when society looks at a woman like that and says, oh, well, she's beautiful but she's got no brain or, oh, well, she'll lose her looks one day. Her Mm. currency is at its maximum right now, you know. Do you think that there's a difference between, though, a feminist and an
1: activist? Because I know that there are women that obviously would totally agree with equality, maybe even call themselves feminists, hopefully. Um, But I know I go to another level, which is probably activist. And I see a bigger picture. I make sure, you know, I put everything through a filter of what is this doing for us in a bigger picture. And I know that that is a new, that's a next level. Mm. I know that a lot of people in my life, a lot of people we work with.
4: Here's a cool fact.
1: will not always go to that bigger view everyone's happy to come on board um especially at work like you know it's really I'm really passionate about making sure that we see bigger pictures but more of an automatic
2: mind but frame I, you're talking I, about. I do go to that yeah. quite
1: naturally yeah, um do. and I do think that there may be a difference between the two and that's why sometimes I think That's what helps me understand it and not get angry or annoyed at other people because I feel like maybe not everybody
4: is an activist. Yeah, look, it's a really great point and I don't want to get into that, okay, you're a bad feminist if yes, you do this yeah. and you're a good feminist if you do that. Rosie Waterland wrote a fantastic top 20 on Mamma Mia today about this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say the C word because you're a strong feminist and you're reclaiming the C word. Oh, no, you can't because that's disparaging women's bits, you know. Yeah. So it just becomes a little bit complex. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I reckon it was the same when I did my TED Talk where I, I wiped off the makeup and frizzed up my hair and took off the constrictive corporate dress just to talk about objectification of women and do what you want, but do it for yourself. Yeah. Don't do it for anybody else and be really conscious of how these things are viewed.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not your fault,
4: it's society's fault. Yeah,
1: I and I, I mean I take it seriously. I think that we – I think – a lot of times people are like, oh, but why? But why? Or why are we still doing this? Or why are we still doing that? Because we still have so many issues. We still have such an inequality. Yeah. I, I don't think that there is time for us to sit back and wait. Like, but I think it's that looking outside
2: what your immediate surrounds are. Yeah. Like I've worked with people. I've worked with guys that, you know, we kind of had this conversation around the office and he was like, well, I just don't think, I don't think there is such thing as sexism in the workplace because females that I've worked with have earned a lot more than me. Oh, my God. And I'm no, I'm not. I'm not arguing with the it's fact that you your work with chicks that have yeah. got more than you. Yeah, it's beyond that. So I think with that thing, Tracy, that you were talking about in the cafe, because these chicks felt empowered and they felt um, a particular way and good about themselves and empowered. I don't know, you've also then got to step uh, you know, further than that with the magazine thing and be thinking in that mo- yeah. headspace.
4: And there's even a bigger thing, which is the fact that there's a backlash happening at the moment because women are gaining more power internationally. Mm. There's this huge men's rights movement in the United States and a lot Oof. of this retro, isn't James Bond, still cool kind of thing yeah, is let's around... Let's bring back all these kind of pop culture personalities precise. or that, yeah. we can, that we right. can hang to. Because that's the predominant power structure in society and that's what people to it's an interesting one though because I remember when we started working
1: on the podcast and and I was there was just different things feminism I would kind of talk about on Brecky shows and always put things forward and I remember us trying to get a radio show up and seeing a kinesiologist and and one there was one particular moment that happened where we got shut down and I was really angry Mm. about it and not many things angered me I kind of kicked on and we both just got on with it but this particular instance for some time I don't know, I just felt really You were beaten. Stuck, you were stuck I, for a little bit. I was. I felt so beaten and just exhausted. And she said to me, my kinesiologist said, You're doing it for them. Why are you doing why are you doing all this gender stuff? Why are you doing all this feminism for everyone else? And it, it is important because I guess I do come to the activist as a person, but what you said about doing it for yourself. First was what has actually made this work is because it is true to me. So it's not true to everyone. I think that's the catch is that I kind of went back and found my way with it and went, okay, well, I want equality for myself first Mm. and foremost, uh, and then figured out that being true to me is to be the activist and Mm. to be outspoken and to kind of go and rally and do all of that stuff. But it does have to start with you for that to be authentic. Otherwise then it doesn't really translate Mm. if you're kind of putting your fists up for the sake of it because you
4: think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Do you know what? I gave a speech on International Women's Day and I had the most extraordinary question from the audience and it was a woman who put up her hand because I always say equality begins on the lounge room couch at home Mm. with your partner doing the equal amount of housework and all that kind of stuff. She put up her hand. She said, look, I would feel empowered to ask for equal pay in the workplace if I felt empowered in my own house, but I don't. She Mm. said, I feel very powerless. How can I change that? And I had no answer to it, and that really speaks to what you were saying about you have to be empowered within yourself first mm. before you can tell other people. Oh, well, you just go out and do it because it's just—it's not that easy. The rule and has the holes, to apply everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. and the
1: holes happen when you start doing it for that. Like you said with these hipster people, you don't think really about it because you kind of you're living like a puppet, like of the things that you should do, and yeah. you project this way, and then there's all these holes that happen because it isn't authentic because you're kind of being told or you're thinking there's a certain way to act, which goes out of feminism. It goes into a lot of personality things or a lot of things in your life, I but, think. But
2: I think it is important what you said, Tracy. just being aware that it happens, as you say, without even realising it. There, yeah. there is so much even advertising material that you kind of, you know, we just turn a blind eye to because you're so used to that's what you grew up kind of watching or that's mm. what's around you that you don't even kind of stop for a second to go, well, that's actually bullshit because if you did that for everything then you
1: well j- people are scared never, of that too to sleep, you <laughs> yeah know?
2: Exactly people get
1: right. scared of it there's something frightening about just where we are and a lot of people are too
4: scared to admit it yeah or see the problem is too big to change it
1: yeah. Well, that's a massive one with most people. Yeah. I mean, that's that also thing of coming out of being the person that has the difficult conversations, and everybody looks at you and be like, well, "Why'd you have to do that for?" Yeah, it just makes it all harder yeah. for us. Yeah, that, so like, yeah. yeah and no the fucking old fucking shit. But yeah. it's, it's a bigger picture here.
4: That's right. And the <laughs> old just have a laugh. You know, why can't oh, you have a that laugh about it? Or, uh, condescending. or you're a feminist and you can't be funny. Oh,
1: <laughs> or you take things too bloody seriously. Yes. Well, lighten up. Be spontaneous. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I was waiting for the burn your bras oh, line. Yeah, that was yeah. Philip the Duck, which was I cut him off yeah. a bit early. But that just tells us that we need to move along. Do you
2: want to butt in on this conversation? Get it off your chest, girlfriend. Join in our weekly Facebook
1: forum where you get to say exactly what you're thinking. And you could be featured in the next show, facebook.com slash thinkergirls. The last gem I want to bring to the table uh, this week, I suppose, is more of a a gem that represents a bit of reflection on my year and my personal year. There's been so much... Uh, joy and and excitement and and success uh, with us career wise. But there's been, not that it's been necessarily a negative thing, but so much self, um, so, so much self work behind the scenes. And obviously on this particular show, um, and that has been a big part of my romantic life. And and I've spoken about this so much on our podcast for over the last three years, and there's been such a journey. And I, I speak about how I was ready so many years ago and now that I look back and think, oh my God, it's quite confronting to think that I have all of that in a, in an audio form and I can hear back or you guys can hear back and how much I still had to learn about myself. Um, and so it, it's an interesting gem that I want to bring this week. It's about dating and overthinking it and it was a very, um, very important, I suppose, part um, to what this year was for me, that I went through so many different roller coasters with my dating life to try and find, I guess, a good idea of who I was and what I wanted. And once I learned that, then the next challenge was to be true to that. And that's something I've definitely learnt going into 2017. At this point, I'm not 100% sure I'd learnt at all, but it does show a vulnerable side to me, which I'm proud that I, I continue to try and do and, and are trying more in my personal life. But this vulnerability um, and that confusion with dating, you know, single people out there, you overthink it. And I think this really sums up how I was feeling at the time. And and I don't know, it shows where I've, how far I've come this year personally. So I wanted to share it with you. It's interesting because... I've started dating a lot and I'm an overthinker by trade. <laughs> it's kind of what I do. But I've worked really hard on pulling that back. But – and for so for, uh, for all accounts in a lot of areas of my life, I don't really think I go too far with that. But because dating's kind of – it's not – I'm not going to say new, but it definitely has – opened up it's like a new chapter in the way i'm kind of approaching it i'm new, i'm new to sydney so everything's a bit fresh new people new mm. guys um i'm much more established in myself and my career and and where i live i have a fucking house that i'm happy for someone to come back to <laughs> mm. for a long time these are all great things mm. yeah so it's all of good, really good problems mm. but at the same well not problems but just good predicaments but the overthinking has absolutely started to play up again. And it's funny because, um, you know, that side of me is not something I love about myself because it is, it's is—it's really debilitating. <laughs> I'm sure my friends, Christy, would be absolutely be included in this, is the questioning of just the minor little details yeah. and, and the full-onness that I get and then the sensitiveness when I can detect someone saying, don't, don't want to say it to me, but says Stace, mm. they want to say, don't overthink that. There's nothing there. Mm. No one says it to me because I've got good people in my life, but they want to go there. And it's 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 a tricky one. And I was kind of hard on myself and going, God, you've got to find a way to do this without absolutely riddling mm. it with shit, with your thoughts. And then I kind of, we were away over a couple, um, a, a few weeks ago for survey, which is kind of rating periods off for, for radio. So everybody is told, take time off, then you come back and then you're judged. And so this <laughs> time uh, we were off and I was writing in a journal, I was away doing some yoga and I kind of put two and two together as well, that to ask somebody, not even an overthinker, but especially overthinkers, to not think about potentially meeting either the father of your children. So you're told go into things with hope and Mm. be so open to any opportunity. But then you're also told to not overthink things. Mm. How the fuck do those two go <laughs> hand in hand? So you're supposed to go in with your heart on your sleeve, can be being completely vulnerable, not having types, not trying to pigeonhole anything and just be open to the universe and see what presents itself. You don't know who this guy is. You've got to just assume that maybe this could be the guy, which for a lot of people in relationships, that happened once. Mm. That has mm. happened for me in the past too. Yes, The guy was there, right? But you have to do that for mm-hmm. every date you go on. And then come away from it. Heavens fucking forbid you feel something. And then guess what, everyone? Don't overthink it. Mm. What? So I kind of was writing and then I also was just chilled the fuck out at when... If you need to overthink it, then you'll just need to sometimes Mm. because it is really, really really hard. Have you found?
2: Have (laughs) you found? Have you found that you've overthunk? Is that a word? Have you found that you've done that more with certain dates than others? Like the ones that you like more, do you overthink more? And the ones that you know what I mean? So there's like probably different levels when somebody's going. Don't overthink something. It's probably about. I don't know, somewhere where you find a connection is why There's you There's a particular
1: more. guy that I had a mega crush on and nothing kind of came from it. And every single detail from the text messages to the bits and pieces, I analysed all of it. And because you like, was, you really liked him? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Did. Oh, okay. I did. I did. And so, sense. yeah, and so then you say, all right, so you get to a point where you give this person the benefit of the doubt when they kind of muck you around or something happens, you're not on the defense so you've already let your guard down a little bit with no commitment so that's already hard (laughs) so there's no one saying to you i love you back or Mm. saying i'm into you back Mm. but you have to let your guard down without that yeah so that's already really tricky and no one talks about this it's weird Mm. because then you meet someone and you move on so you kind of forget about all this part Mm. but when you're in it and you don't necessarily have that many single friends in the same place as you i have single friends but everyone's always at different parts of being single it's really tricky, and I don't think everybody talks about it. So you you're already in that place where you've got to you've got to be vulnerable, but yet not have any validation. So that's tricky, and then you're trying to figure out who they are and how they communicate, mm. and that's even harder. Mm. So look, obviously when it works, it works. I know that, but at this age, I think it also is about giving things time mm. because. People aren't just going to click and then it all just kind of happens. I I don't really believe that's always the case. Were you always
5: like this? Because I feel like as you get older, you obviously know what you want even more so than ever, so you probably become more analytical.
1: That's why I think it is harder. I think because you know that it isn't just going to be one passion at a bar and then it kind of progresses. You've got a life. Hmm. The the time that I have outside of work is very minimal. A lot of the guys I've been attracted to are very similar, like, Mm -hmm. you know, in different jobs, but but are also successful and busy and have their own lives which is exactly what I find attractive but try and put that together it's yeah, really hard. Yeah. Do you know what you, I need a you're going to meet
5: someone at work. Is there not anyone here that you could be with? Because that's what <laughs> always happens. You reckon? You end up like being with someone that you're with all the time that's right under your nose but you, you know. wouldn't even look twice at them because you're too busy Overthinking someone else that you've met like Now you I'm
2: going through in my mind everyone Who there with. are at work cool. There's actually an entire other level Of like this whole <laughs> building That we never ever ever hardly go into And sometimes it's only like on the off chance That a rando's in the lift And you're like oh hi And you like <laughs> oh you work here too Never seen your face Because yeah. we probably see the same group Of say yeah. 10 to
1: 15 mm. people Every,
5: every time day. that we're in
1: And we're so sheltered
2: And we like, are so sheltered And you can't and
5: wait to the Christmas party To see the second floor For the first time again like- yeah. Yeah, but you, I'm not going down you need to there. Go, all right. I'll come you, down with you. Yeah, you need to go a down. Wing, a
2: wing woman. Just oh, pretend you have to visit
1: someone, guys. Don't get in relationships and then start throwing out suggestions that you would never do yourself. I, I actually yeah, no, weird. I would do that. Oh
5: fuck! off. I you swear, would. you yeah. go down
1: screaming. Who's single? Just for
5: fun. Oh, <laughs> what a hoot! You could
1: just say you're doing <laughs> a
5: seg- <laughs> Can't wait. Let's do it now. I'm
3: so excited. I so <laughs> want to do it. Just
5: say it's for a segment. Just to find out. I just need to know. Survey for a segment we're working on. Who's single? You never know. Maybe. I think the thing I learned with the guy
1: that I suppose I overthought about, though, was that you, I don't know, it was interesting because I feel different already. So if you keep going back, I think you keep pulling your socks up and don't go back into your shell because I'm a crab, like a Cancerian, go back into <laughs> your shell, keep dating, even when you kind of go, fuck, this is tricky, mm. um, then I think it might pay off that way. I, I reckon so. in the past I would have gone back into my shell a bit, but I already feel like from all these different experiences i've i've learned more and i'm able to think less so the overthinking I'm kind of giving things a go and you've got to
5: push through those barriers a little mm. bit because i've found that anyone that i've been with it's been hard at the start and i haven't liked them at the beginning mm. this is really interesting yeah, a lot of people say this since
1: they get into relationships now that say the first 6 to 12 months are definitely not necessarily that it's a reverse honeymoon period it's like really when you're a bit older too you're or getting even to sometimes, know each other or even you know? sometimes yeah.
2: friends too like mm. that you never see you're friends with somebody for years you never see them in a romantic light but mm. then kind of all of a sudden it's like whoa
5: and it's something changes within you when you see them in a different light mm. that could be a year down the track but, this friend that you all of a sudden love but but then again, you're, yeah. over, you're overthinking and
2: I suppose there is that negative connotation, as you say, that pisses you off when people go, oh, don't overthink it as a kind of a, a thing that would be so easy to switch on or off. Mm. It's probably got you where you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you were going, oh, I won't overthink it, I won't overthink it and you kind of, you know, deny and push to the back of your mind and don't allow yourself to kind of process
1: how I have those to.
2: things, how you have to, because everybody is different.
1: Well, I don't think I'll do that again, even if nah. I like someone like I feel like I've already kind of learned that. And then when I was writing in the journal and I did, that's what this gem is. When I realized I went, no, nah, actually, and these, this is especially for all girls out there that are dating and doing the same thing as me. Don't do your head in if you're overthinking stuff, because all of those things I just said that we're doing as single girls trying are really vulnerable, fucking full on hard things. So They're the times you are going to overthink stuff. So don't Mm. be harsh on yourself. And if someone does say that to you, they're just trying to care for you. They're not trying to tell you to shut up. Mm. You know, I think sometimes you can get a bit sensitive to that too. Mm. It's a bit
2: of a reflexing, I think, that when you hear a mate have that um, kind of problem that you go straight in. And sometimes you don't even mean that. Like you could go into more kind of advice or maybe this is how I would handle it. But it is... I don't know. It's something that you say. It's a knee-jerk reaction. And they try
1: and give you perspective. Yeah. I remember the time when I really newly became single and I bawled my eyes out on a Monday about not hearing from a guy that I kissed on a dance floor. Yeah, It was really nothing. But I had the best night. And instead of being able to concentrate on how amazing the night was, all I wanted to do was be more. There had to be more. And my mate was so um, – I don't know if, he, if it was, he was in a shit mood, or, but he was just really straight. And he was like, Stacey – you cannot be crying over a guy that you were with on the dance floor. You don't even know him, and I was fucking
0: ropeable. <laughs> well, I was like, so you should be because you're coming out of an, an eight year relationship, oh, so you're,
1: you're vulnerable. Oh, and, uh, yeah. It was probably it was a bit in, like probably about a year after the breakup. Oh, okay. But still, I was still learning a lot. Like mm. I and I was ropeable. I was, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Th- this is what I'm going through. You can't make that you know mean nothing. Three years later, it did mean it did need to mean nothing. You get perspective, mm. I think, and so that's when people saying overthinking, whatever, and saying these things that seem harsh—they all are also trying to protect you to not give things too much time that also don't deserve it. Yeah. So you got to you got to have a, a balance. But there. that's what
2: I mean—the overthinking thing can be a positive because after that, you wouldn't probably do that again. Now, no, like years on.
1: No. You know what I no, mean? So you've got
2: that, that. You've got that from the overthinking, knowing it's a shit place, know it's knowing that it's probably something that you shouldn't give all of your energy to for all that amount of time. And it won't be something that yeah. you do. It's all a learning
5: thing. You've got to break that habit, as my life coach Rowan would say. <laughs> you, the next time you meet someone that you really like, as soon as you start even trying to overthink it. Stop, stop yourself in yeah, your tracks, yeah. and do something completely different, and something completely different will happen. Yeah, and this yeah, pattern so you get a different brain brain result, yeah, and yeah, you get yeah, a different yeah. result, even though you naturally are an overthinker. Yeah, it's about like training, training the brain in, in a way. Yeah, mm. and just
1: getting—I think I need to get used to having those feelings and knowing what to do with them, not mm. being frightened of them and having to control everything. I think that's what I've learned. Mm. Um, so yeah, but it is, and I just—I really felt not enough people are talking about this stuff. Like no, not Where at all. girls are kind of dating and doing their heads in about by themselves a bit. It's mm. very, It can be quite lonely, even if you've got friends that have are, are kind of single and, and all that kind of stuff. And so exhausting too. Yeah. All oh, that in your head. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. Everyone will get there. That's that's us. You'll get there. We're too. wrapped. We are uh, wrapped. Missed anything from the Thinker Girls this week? Shame on you. <laughs> Jokes. Hit up thinkergirl.com.au. I was joking, seriously. Well, that's it for the third episode of this Summer Sessions with Stacey June, one half of the Thinker Girls. Again, we're uh, massive, 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 massive love balls when it comes to you guys, our original listeners, our OGs, as we call you. And for those of you that have come on board through the radio show, just as much appreciation. Um, We will have one last episode next week before we kickstart the year back and live from our holidays. So we're very excited for that. Um, so we'll give us a couple of weeks around that time because we'll be launching a bit of a new sound around our podcast. So um, we're excited to share that with you, and obviously a whole heap of different guests. And yes, we will be doing a live podcast uh, at some point in the first half of this year. We will get around the country and do this podcast live. So make sure you listen in to this show uh, to find out exactly when those details will go on on sale um, and when you can buy tickets and essentially meet us because we cannot wait to get back amongst it. Uh, so. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you give us a rating or share it if you've got time, a little bit extra time on your holidays. We really, really appreciate it and need uh, a bit of a, a push and a shove still to continue to stay in the game. Podcasting's super competitive. Um, and we just want to make sure that we're amongst it like the best. So please do what you can if you have liked it. Share away throughout the year. It would be great to get your support with that as well, as always. Um, But I'm going to go and continue uh, being in India because I'm not there obviously now, but that's where I will be when you're listening to this probably, and I can't wait to come back and share the stories and be back for 2017. Happy New Year, pals. Uh, Till next week, Christy will be jumping on board, and we'll speak soon. Bye. Hey, you. Not that we're particularly pushy, but you should absolutely listen next week. You will love our guests. Yeah, wink, wink. They can't see you wink, mate. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why I said it. Okay, I don't get it.
2: Well, I'm saying wink, wink because how else am I going to get across that I'm wink, winking?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) All right, just listen (laughs) in to next week, please. (laughs) Were (laughs) you eavesdropping on this conversation and want more? The girls are chitty-chatting away on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram. You can download more podcasts at thethinkergirls.com.au. Hold up.
0: What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.